Hey guys, welcome back to another The Art of Health episode where we dive deep into the art of unlocking your true potential and transforming your health, aesthetic and performance. I'm your host, Marie Steffen, health and fitness coach with over a decade of experience in this field. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my personal best tips, valuable insights and the wisdom gained from coaching thousands of people just like you. Welcome back to this very special podcast episode because this topic is one of the most requested topics that I have ever gotten requests for and the topic is how you can increase your metabolism. This podcast episode is especially for those of you who think you have a broken metabolism and we will clarify if that's actually the case and how you can reverse it because you might think that your metabolism is damaged but that's not the case so i can already take that fear from you your metabolism can adapt to a lower calorie intake and therefore your body weight might not decrease at a certain point anymore and the higher and longer you have been in a deficit the longer it will take to increase your metabolism back to its normal or natural desired rate. This means metabolic adaptations are happening, but those metabolic adaptations are always reversible. That said, I want to highlight that there is no magic way to make your metabolism even faster when your metabolism is already functioning at its highest rate. But chances are high that that's not the case when you click on this episode. So I will share today how you can leverage your nutrition, training and lifestyle habits to increase your metabolism to its highest potential. And there are five main reasons why you should start optimizing your metabolism with the tools I'm talking about today. Reason number one is to build lean muscle mass faster and develop a strong and toned skin. To boost your performance, to improve body fat distribution, to create a better foundation for a following diet if your body currently resigns to lose weight, to get your period back if you lost it due to under eating and overtraining, and lastly to decrease your food focus, which expresses a constant thinking of food and the fear of not getting satiated and overthinking about whether or not something you ate was good or bad. Let me preview real quick what we were talking about today because this episode will be eye-opening for you. In the first part of this episode, I will talk about why your metabolism adapts and sign your metabolism actually slow down. Then I will explain what your total daily energy expenditure consists of and how it is negatively affected by under-eating. In the following part, I will reveal the step-by-step -step process of increasing your metabolism, aka reverse diet. And lastly, I will go briefly into a real case scenario of a woman who did a successful reverse diet with my nutrition app, which is called the Art of Health app. So let's start with why our metabolism has the ability to adapt. Our body wants to prevent us from dying. When you are in a caloric deficit, meaning eating less than you expend, your body will slow down your metabolism in multiple ways to conserve energy. This is important for you to understand 
so you also understand the actions necessary to reverse these adaptations. When we are dieting, we are essentially purposefully starving ourselves. While we think we are just eating a little less to look good and feel better, our body recognizes it as a famine. That means it will slow down several functions and even shut down functions that are not necessary for us to survive, like your hormonal reproductive system, which often leads to the loss of the menstrual cycle, hair loss, dry skin, hypothyroidism, gut health issues, just to name a few. And this happens because the little food we get is used preferably for functions that are necessary for keeping us alive, like our brain, organs, and breathing. And before I move on, I want to point out that I'm not against diets. Metabolic adaptations are a neutral result of dieting and can't be avoided, but we can control to what extent the metabolic adaptations are occurring. For example, by controlling the duration and amount of the deficit. So if you are a candidate who can't get out of the cycle of extreme diets followed by quick gaining phases, then you should listen also to one of my previous episodes, How to Stop Yo-Yo Dieting, and the eight biggest diet mistakes, which I'll link below in the description. Signs that you actually have a slowed metabolism are you don't respond to a deficit anymore. In other words, you don't lose weight anymore, even at a minimal food intake. You experience hair loss, low motivation and training, and stalled progress in your performance. Your libido is low and you have irregular or no period anymore, which can have many reasons. But as I mentioned, if you are very sporty and had a regular cycle before and then lost it, it might be a sign of hypothalamic amenorrhea, which I dealt with myself during my international bodybuilding career. And I have gotten out of it with this process that I'm guiding you through today, but I will talk about the cycle and how it's related to food consumptions later. Before we go into the action steps of increasing our metabolism, we need to understand what our metabolism consists of so we can then manipulate and adjust these components to generate a higher rate of energy expenditure. Four main components make up our daily energy expenditure or short TDEE, our total daily energy expenditure, is the amount of calories we burn daily. About 65% of our daily energy expenditure consists of our resting metabolic rate, short RMR. This is the amount of calories you would burn if you literally never left your bed for 24 hours. Where does that energy go? Your skeletal muscle, your brain, liver, heart, and even fat is metabolically active even if you just lay in bed for 24 hours and do nothing other than breathing. And this can be calculated with any calculator that you find on Google if you Google resting metabolic rate calculator. But keep in mind that this is only the amount you spend while resting and does not include all the other components that we will talk about. So when we now take a 35-year-old woman who is 1 meter and 68 centimeters tall and weighs 65 kilograms, she would have a resting metabolic rate of 1,566 calories 
if she would just lay flat for 24 hours. So I hope that this is eye-opening for everyone who did one of those crash diets eating 800 to 1200 calories a day. No wonder your body doesn't lose weight anymore at a certain point. And this is not because your body is mean to you. It wants you to survive and doesn't burn fat because it needs to keep a safety net in this famine that you are exposed to. But we are usually not laying around all day, so let's look at the other components that burn energy throughout the day. Another component is the thermic effect of food. This is one of my favorites because nobody thinks that eating and digesting is actually burning calories too. While consuming energy or food, you're always burning some of it too. In other words, the TEF is the energy it takes for your body to process and absorb what you eat and makes up 10 to 25% of the calories we are consuming. The more unprocessed foods we eat that are high in fiber, the more we spend calories through digestion and absorption. Not only that, but also the macro composition of your meal plays a role as each macronutrient has a slightly different TEF. One gram of fat provides nine calories and its TEF is zero to five percent. One gram of carbohydrates provide four calories and its TEF is five to ten percent. One grams of protein provides four calories and its TEF is 20 to 30 percent. Does that mean you should only eat proteins and fiber? Please not. <laughs> you would probably feel pretty bloated by consuming only protein and fiber. And we need enough carbs and fats too for many other functions in our body. But if you're eating little or no protein and fiber, you're missing out on more calories you could burn. Plus the longer something takes to be digested, the longer you feel satiated. So you see how simply eating a little more protein and fiber can already increase your metabolism and affect your satiety levels as well, making it less likely for you to overeat. And since the question of how much protein you should eat comes very often, I give you the answer right away. If you eat 1.6 to 2.2 grams of protein per kilograms of body weight, you have enough protein that you consume. How much fiber you should eat varies from person to person and depends on the ability to digest fiber and the fiber source. But to give you a little range, 20 to 50 grams is a good guideline for most people dependent on your total consumptions of calories, on the type of sports that you're doing, if you're in a surplus, if you're in a deficit, so this is hopefully a helpful range that you can't do much wrong with. The next component of our daily expenditure is the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, or short, NEAT. NEAT refers to all movements that are happening unintentionally and are not intentional exercise. Therefore, the amount of NEAT varies immensely and makes up 15 to 50 percent of individuals total energy spent per day. You might think that walking, grabbing your phone, mimicking and gesturing when you're talking are insignificant when it comes to burning calories, but they make up more and for some people who walk a lot way more calories than you burn during your workout. The amount of need you spend per day depends on your job, whether it's a sedentary or seated with the ability to stand and move standing or physically demanding, like working in construction, giving classes at a gym 
being a nurse in intensive care, etc. Genetics can also play a role, age, since we typically move less the older we get, and weather, since we tend to be much more active during the summer than winter. Lastly, we get to the fourth part that spends energy throughout the day, exercising, or as we say in our smart terminology, exercise activity thermogenesis, or short EAT. EAT is the energy you spend through working out, which is dependent on several factors, the intensity, duration, modality, if you're, for example, doing weightlifting, running, etc., and your body mass. A larger person, for example, needs to move more mass and therefore burns more calories during anything that the person is actually doing. And now you might think, okay, great, I eat healthy, I walk 10,000 steps a day, and I exercise. Why is my body not losing weight? And why does my metabolism seem so inefficient? I tell you why. Because you have probably eaten too little over a long time. So let's look at all the parts of our metabolism and how they are affected when we are in a caloric deficit. Our resting metabolic rate is not affected as much and stays almost the same. Our heart, brain, etc. stays the same. It won't change in the weight or any other way. Our muscle and fat mass decrease when dieting. So less body mass burns fewer calories. But even if you lose 10 kilograms of fat, you would only decrease your RMR by around 40 calories. As you can see, it's not very significant. The thermic effect of food will decrease a little bit because you eat less. To give you an example, if you were eating before your diet 2,500 calories and at the end of your diet 1,800 calories, your TEF has decreased by 70 to 175 calories. Your EAT, energy activity thermogenesis, the energy we spend during training, will probably decrease because you have less energy available to train at your highest potential. You will also burn fewer calories doing the same exercise as you're moving a smaller body mass. When we now look at your need, this component decreases the most and this is happening subconsciously. It's mean, I know, <laughs> but this is how it is. Our body wants to protect us. All little movements during the day, like fidgeting, typing, walking from A to B, mimicking and gestures, all that happens less when we have less energy available. And you don't even realize it. If you are sitting on a couch and forgot something, you're less likely motivated to get the thing that you forgot. So for example, your phone or the way you stand, sit, all the little decisions that you make are purposefully dedicated to spend less energy. And there are actually other consequences of dieting that happen hormonally, like your hunger hormones that will rise and your satiety hormones will drop to signal your body it needs more food. But also your thyroid hormones and cortisol levels change because a deficit is stressful for the body, especially when it is too long and a very big deficit. 
reproductive functions go down and can lead to hypothalamic amenorrhea, which happens, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, due to the body's defense mechanism to save energy for all functions that are essential to survive. If this applies to you, you should definitely continue listening to this episode and the next one in which I am talking about a real case and give my best recommendation to get your period back. If your metabolism has slowed down to a point where a diet is definitely not healthy anymore and the scale is not moving anymore or you might even gain weight, then your body shows symptoms of metabolic adaptations and it is time for you latest <laughs> to reset these symptoms and increase your calories if you ever want to either diet again successfully or maintain a certain weight wherever this is for you that allows you to live a high quality and healthy life. Many people, especially women, fear increasing their calories. But in this state, it is necessary and the only way to lead you toward your goal. With this episode, my intention is also to help you to remove the fear due to giving you knowledge about what is happening when you increase your calories. So let's look at all the positive effects that you are getting from increasing your calories to fix your metabolism, aka doing a so-called reverse diet. More calories allow you to increase your performance and build muscles. More muscle mass will raise your total energy expenditure because everything you do consumes more energy. Just the process of building muscle mass requires energy itself. Your thermic effect of food will rise since you eat more food, so more food needs to be digested and absorbed. And as you now know, your expenditure through meat will be higher as well. All the unintentional movements will increase because you're less lethargic and you're more dynamic and active and happy and you mimic gesture, grabbing something, you're just more energetic during the day without noticing it and that burns more calories throughout the day. And of course, the most important benefit is having more calories left signals your body that you have enough to invest into your reproductive systems again and create all these healthy hormones that are important for your energy, bone health, libido, fertility and much more. And your thyroid hormone levels also go up, your cortisol goes down and your hair and nails will grow stronger. Your digestion will be more regular and all of that impacts the social side of your life as well you are more likely to be in a better mood, have more food to eat, even during social events, you're less food focused because food is available for your body. Your body doesn't need to make you think about it all the time. And that will increase your willingness to eat with other people, to go into a restaurant and will avoid that you stop socializing because you're restricting yourself from certain foods you don't want to eat. And lastly, you will build a foundation and better starting point for a potential following diet. Your body will respond better to a moderate deficit since you have a higher metabolism to start from. And you probably think now, okay, Marie, this is great. So let's eat more. But by how much shall I increase my calories? And that's what I want to talk with you about next. There are two ways to do this, either 
by yourself and I give you all the steps to do this in a second or guided by my app, which you will find in your app store by searching for the Art of Health app. And every step I'm going to tell you will be considered by the algorithm I've created for my app to give you the optimal caloric recommendations on a weekly basis. So you will do weekly check-ins with the app because your metabolism is not static, it's dynamic. Therefore, we need to adjust your calories weekly or every couple of weeks. Again, if you want to do this by yourself or simply want to understand this process and why, stay tuned for this next part. So one factor that determines the amount of calories you should add to your daily consumption is dependent on the rate of weight gain you should aim for per month to ensure you mostly gain muscle mass. The rate of weight gain is not absolute. I just like to give you a rate as a guideline to look for. I recommend different rates depending on your training level. Also remember that how fast you might gain weight depends on your diet history as well. Some of my clients even lost weight by eating more at the beginning because their metabolisms were finally running more efficiently. But this is very individual for everybody. As a strength training beginner, you can aim for a rate of weight gain of 1% to 1.5% per kilogram body weight per month. If you train for a while but are not very consistent and if you haven't been able to increase your training weight significantly, then a rate of 0.5 to 1% per kilogram body weight per month is what you can look for. If you're training for a long time at the gym, an increase of up to 0.5% per kilogram body weight per month is what we are looking for. If you are a training beginner, you are more likely to be able to gain muscle mass. On the contrary, very experienced lifters are closer to their genetic potential. So in this case, we would aim for a slower rate of weight gain to make sure we gain as little fat as possible. While for most people it is not desirable or healthy to increase body fat, it can be beneficial for some people to gain fat. Too low body fat levels in women or men have an impact on their health, performance and ability to gain muscle. For women, hormones like estrogen are made in fat tissue. Therefore, your body can only reproduce sufficient hormones at a certain body fat level, which is different for each person. Also men who are consistently at a very low body fat percentage will experience a decrease in testosterone production. This is also called the red S syndrome, which stands for relative energy deficiency in sports. If your weight is maintaining and you show symptoms like the loss of your menstruation or irregular cycles, persistent food focus, more frequent illness or just a very low immune system, very bad mood and the inability to increase performance and the loss of your period and low libido, you are in a state of so-called relative energy deficiency. So you're not in a deficit anymore because your body weight is stable, but you also do not have sufficient energy available that your body requires to keep the reproductive functions running. Staying in that state of red S negatively affects your performance and the endocrine, cardiovascular, immune, metabolic, reproductive 
and gastrointestinal systems. This leads to further consequences like decreased bone density because of insufficient estrogen and other potential negative effects. So by increasing your calories to sufficient energy availability, we ensure that our body is working most efficiently. That means that your body is no longer in a state of famine and is more willing to spend more energy because more energy is accessible. I like to do the comparison. If you have no money, you spend less because you conserve money. You try to survive and not spend too much. That's what your metabolism does when you are in a caloric deficit and that for too long and too extreme. But if you have lots of money, you can spend more money and it's no problem. So if we relate that to your body, the more energy you have, the more food you have, the more it spends. So your metabolism runs faster and leads to all the positive functions and outcomes that I just talked about. But now back to the question by how many calories you should increase your total calorie intake. This question is not easy to give a safe answer to as metabolic adaptations and diet history vary a lot from case to case. With my clients or if you're using the Art of Health app, it makes these decisions based on the reaction of your weight, hunger levels and performance. With my one-on-one -on -one clients, I also look at form pictures that show me how much muscle and fat the person was gaining and how much room we have to increase the calories. And what I also like to take into consideration is the psychological side. And what I mean by that is the fear of gaining weight. This is not hugely influencing my decisions because health is always the main driver for my caloric recommendations, but it does play a role in how well the client can adhere to the caloric intake. If the client is so afraid to increase the calories by, for example, 7% of her current caloric intake, I might start with 4% and educate the client about why there is nothing to fear about. And many clients find it very helpful to understand the scientific side of their metabolism, making it more logical why eating more is only beneficial for them. And if this is not moving the needle to make the individual change their eating behaviors, I suggest not tracking calories and not weighing yourself. I have a whole process for this too, but if possible, I go the most straightforward and predictable way with counting calories to ensure the client is eating enough. If you were my client and if you don't track your calories, it makes it a little bit harder for me to know what you were really eating and how much. And it makes it easier for you to manipulate yourself maybe because of fear and certain triggers. But I will probably do another episode where I share my process without tracking, without monitoring too much, if that is a trigger for you. At this point, I want to mention, if you have an eating disorder, such as binge eating, anorexia, orthorexia, or bulimia, please seek a professional nutritionist who can help you, especially with the mental side of these issues. I'm not a professional nutritionist or psychologist for physical or mental diseases. I'm just giving you my best advice based on my work with hundreds of clients and my experience on my own. So again, this advice is for healthy people. And I know there's a gray zone between having an eating disorder, disordered eating, 
and having an unhealthy relationship with food. That's why I want you to be honest with yourself and seek a coach, nutritionist or therapist if you can't escape from your spiral yourself. But now back to today's approach and the question of if you're tracking your calories, by how many you should increase your calories. To give you some practical advice, I personally like to start with plus 150 to 300 calories dependent on how long the client was in a deficit, how the mental side of it is, if the client is willing to do that, can imagining increasing the calories in that range, or if that sounds very scary, then I rather do maybe 150 calories. And then I see how the client can adhere to the caloric intake, what happens with the weight, with the hunger level, with the daily energy, or if the goal is to get the period back, I see if there is something changing, which of course needs some time, like minimum of four weeks that we can see if there is something happening hormonally. But on a weekly basis, I like to then go in four to seven percent increases depending on these factors that I just mentioned. So I'm not always increasing the calories weekly. Sometimes I wait another week and then increase after two weeks and so on. So I make every decision based on all the factors, hunger levels, energy during training, performance and digestion, hormonal signals that show us that everything is going in the right direction, the mental side, the relationship with food. So these are all components that I look at, but we don't want to wait longer than four weeks with the next increase to really get the reverse diet moving and to make progress. So there is no right or wrong way since everybody reacts very differently. I want to tell you why I increase in these smaller steps and not immediately to a higher intake. I do that and I recommend that because your body needs time to adapt. If you have a slowed metabolism, chances are high that you are gaining weight very quickly if you are increases your calories abruptly. It is important that you weigh yourself correctly and also interpret your weight correctly to make the best decisions moving forward. In my first podcast episode, which I link in the description below, I explained the correct process of weighing and interpreting your weight. But I want to address another frequently asked question. When should you stop increasing your calories? You can't predict the caloric intake where you should stop exactly. For some people, it might be much higher than expected to keep building muscle or getting the period back. The minimum caloric intake I would like to reach is the predicted maintenance caloric intake, which is the caloric intake recommended to you by a standardized formula like the Harris-Benedict equation, for example. But since the weight goes up for most people that do a reverse diet or muscle building phase, since muscle mass will increase and maybe a little bit of fat as well, the caloric intake that you end up with might be higher than the predicted maintenance calories. I just like to give you this amount as a guideline that you definitely should reach for. That's why I recommend looking at symptoms and goals you want to achieve. Whether you wish to regain your period back, gain more muscle mass based on a normal metabolic rate or build your metabolism from a slow rate due to chronic dieting. But remember that all these adaptations take time. Building muscle fibers takes effort 
time and consistently repeating the same thing over and over again. Eating enough calories and protein, setting the necessary training stimulus in the gym and sleeping enough are behaviors that show results as a compound effect. You also didn't slow your metabolism down or lose your period overnight. The minimum duration that I recommend doing a reverse diet or muscle building phase is six months. People tend to goal hopping all the time. This is why I always recommend writing your goals down and looking at them when you are tempted to change your goal depending on the mood that you are in. This is why you shouldn't think of a time limit but instead take as much time as necessary to reach your goal and focus on giving your best that you can while you're on that journey. That also means looking at other aspects that play a role in optimizing your metabolism. Nutrition and movement are the two factors, or I like to say tools, we can use to leverage the power and efficiency of our metabolism. But sleep and stress management are the other two pillars that complete the foundation of a healthy life. I've repeatedly mentioned how important sleep and stress management is, but I can't ignore those in today's episode. The time when you're asleep is the only time when your body is recovering to avoid inflammation and create certain hormones that are important for your gut health and appetite regulation. In other words, if you neglect qualitative sleep, optimally seven to eight hours uninterrupted sleep per night on average, chances increase that your digestion is off, your cravings rise, and your performance stagnates or drops, not to mention huge mood swings, irritability, and anxiety. I would even go as far as to say that if you don't have a good sleep rhythm, focus on that before anything else. There are so many ways how you can improve your sleep if you really want, like consistent sleeping schedules, going to bed when you're really tired to fall asleep faster, and avoid restlessness in bed, journaling before bed, and just writing everything down that pops up in your head and next to it a reason why there is nothing to worry about. Once you write down something, it's literally taken out of your brain because it consumes less energy when processed through writing it down. Also look at your sleeping hygiene, like a cool, dark and quiet room, a comfortable mattress, pillow and blanket keeping electronics and your phone outside of your bedroom or in the room next to your bedroom if you're using your phone as an alarm, for example. And as I mentioned many times, and I think this is not new to you, stress can also affect your sleep as it releases cortisol, which makes us alert. So if we have too much cortisol released during the day, it can affect the next night of sleep. And no sleep, again, raises cortisol because... Sleep deprivation is stressful for your body. Chronic stress in return is the enemy of an efficient metabolism because it signals a state of emergency that then will, as we learned at the beginning of this episode, causes your body to get into survival mode. And just as a reminder, a survival mode focuses on simply surviving and preserving energy instead of spending more energy than necessary. I don't want to go into the whole deep dive of how to reduce stress because it's a super complex topic, but if you realize just now that this could be one of the factors that harm the efficiency of your metabolism, then ask yourself very honestly, 
what is stressing you the most in your day-to-day -day life and what about it is it that triggers a stress response it might be your partner housekeeping tasks your job a colleague at your office your chef finances etc and if this is difficult for you to answer then ask yourself the other way around what would make your day-to-day -day life less stressful and think about five potential reasons even if they seem unrealistic at the beginning to get there people to help you say no to things that no longer serve you talk to your chef avoid seeing people that don't make you feel good and stop doing the things that you hate and stress about i know that this is not easy and life is not a wish concert but i know that this is important because i had many clients to whom i actually talked about these things that stressed them and they quit their jobs or we practice saying no to things and making a realistic daily task list and schedule and this was often a big chunk of them feeling better therefore sleeping better therefore making better food choices consequently felt more energetic to stay on track with their training and so on so you see how all the components are important to get the most out of your metabolism and quality of life it's the deep stuff that nobody wants to look at and tries to work around until it gets bigger and bigger resulting in a huge drama health issue or unhappy life situation i know i went deep right now but i really wish for you to look at all these things in your life holistically i truly believe that this is the only way to a happy and healthy life and as i promised at the beginning to end this episode i have a real case scenario of the art of health app user who lost her period and started a reverse diet with my app and i hope this is motivating for you because after 1.5 months her estrogen went up she slept much better gained strength and only gained 1.5 kilograms in body weight total so her metabolism responded actually really well for having such a restrictive past with under eating for a long time and i'm incredibly proud of her and i'm showing you this because many women out there eat too little which damages their metabolisms that's why i really hope this episode was an eye-opener for you that the science behind how the metabolism functions is easy to hack without spending money on certain diets or supplements that promise to increase your metabolism but in most cases are harming your body And a quick last reminder at the end, if you haven't seen already, I have created a collection of home workouts and mobility routines on my YouTube channel, all available for you to follow along for free. The strength workouts on my YouTube channel contain a warm up and cool down. And I also provide easier variation for certain exercises. If you can't do a push up, for example, I show you what you can do instead and for many other variations as well so we have beginner and advanced friendly workouts and for those of you who prefer gym workouts especially if you're a fan of lifting with a barbell and utilizing additional equipment that is only available at gyms then my workout app is perfect for you but according to your requests i have created a new feature in my workout app and this is having also minimal equipment options so if you are seeing a barbell back squat for example in the program then you will also see a little arrow to drop down and choose 
a minimal equipment option which refers to a kettlebell version, dumbbell, body weight or with resistance bands. So if you're training at home or if not all the equipment is accessible at that point during a workout at the gym, then feel free to choose the minimal equipment options. My workout app follows seven week cycles designed to build lean muscle mass and overall performance. This program integrates strength, running and mobility, what I call hybrid body. You'll find more information about the program through the link in the description below or just send me a DM on Instagram or here on YouTube and I'm happy to answer your questions. That's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening to each and every single episode. And don't forget to share the link of this episode with someone who always struggles with weight management, restrictive eating patterns and rapid weight gain so that we can finally break the cycle for as many, especially women, as possible. And if you found value in today's episode, consider giving it a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcast because your support enables me to continue producing valuable content for you. And also feel free to drop any content or topic requests in the comments or reach out on Instagram and send me a DM. So thanks again for your trust and support. It really means the word to me. I appreciate you. Stay strong and flexible and I see you in the next one.